Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Joining me from The Athletic is Alec Lewis, who has just put out his off-season blueprint of all the things that he desperately wants the Vikings to do. That's kind of sarcasm because that's not really the article. Uh, But it is called A 10-Step Plan to Set Up the Franchise for the Present and Future. And uh, people in the comments, they don't love it, Alec. I got to say, they don't love it. It's the first article written on the internet where people in the comments are not totally happy. Yeah, you know, I I, um, I really was hopeful that it was going to be my stepping stone to general manager position. I mean, I was going to send out my resume um, to as many people as possible. And, and ultimately, I think just reading through the feedback, it, it just might not be that time yet. I might need a little more schooling in this uh, thing we call the NFL. So um, it's okay. You, you, you got to learn in this business. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm willing and able and, and ready. Actually, the best part of football and the reason why it's so popular, aside from many factors like gambling and stuff, uh, is that everyone can play along at home. Like, I, I think that that's why the offseason is what it is and why there's always so much excitement over the next coming weeks that I know that, you know, us going to the combine, there's going to be so much to try to gather and glean and speculate about there and to learn more about these prospects and see where they kind of fall after and listen to Daniel Jeremiah and everything else to just try to get that whole landscape. But that's why it's so exciting is because every one of us can imagine what we would do if we were in Kwesi Adafo Mensa's shoes. So what you've done here is kind of laid out, I think a plan that is most likely for what the Vikings are going to do, but what what were people um, most unhappy about in the comments? Yeah, I think first you're, you're exactly right with football and its interests. I think fantasy football seems to have caught on a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I think people were frustrated with the topics that you could totally imagine. The Kirk Cousins, I believe I had that as number two or three in, in terms of extending him. Um, I think people were a little bit frustrated with me about Zadarius Smith and wanting to have him as a pass rusher on the 2023 roster. And then I think... There were people who were just frustrated that they're not just ripping it to, to the studs and, and uh, cutting the ripcord and just going from the ground up. And, and I, I, all three of those elements, um, when we talk quarterback and we talk pass rush and we talk overall franchise-wide future vision, um, all of those arguments and conversations are worth listening for sure to me, in my opinion. And I think they're, 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 they're very valid in many, in many respects. Yeah, I think what has been my observation over the years here, just uh, maybe let's say like last three, four years, is how right a lot of the fans have been. 
And I, I know that they won 13 games last year. So I'm not like downplaying that season or saying that they accomplished nothing by running it all back because they did put themselves in a position to have a home playoff game. They won a division. Like they deserve credit for that. Kevin O'Connell deserves credit for that. And so does Kwesi Adafo Mensa for bringing in TJ Hawkinson in a trade, Zadarius Smith, Patrick Peterson, like moves that worked um, and, you know, creating a competitive team. Um, not a competitive rebuild team because there wasn't really any rebuilding that was done, but a comp and and you can all check the dead cap after this year um, just to make sure. But uh, aside aside from that though, so they deserve that credit, but also a lot of fans last year when they did what they did, which was a short term extension for Kirk, they said, "I'm looking forward to our first round out in the playoffs," and those people were right. And now the same people who have been asking them to draft a quarterback or to tear the old pieces down or to manage the cap to where they're going to have more flexibility. And they're not just hoping and praying that Zadarius Smith is a good signing because he stays healthy for a year, um, but they can actually compete for top free agents. Like that's what a lot of fans have been asking for for a while. And I think that if there was going to be a point in the road where they've come to the end and they've seen everything they need to see, uh, maybe you've been to a bad movie at some point where you're just like an hour and a half in, and you pull it up and you're like, 47 more minutes? No, I don't think so. I'm going to go for it. Right? Like, I, I think that a lot of fans have reached that point. And if there was any moment for this team to pivot, I think it's now. Is that right? Like, do you see it that way? I think that definitely makes sense. I guess my question response would be, you, like, how similar does this sound to what you said last year? Or what you said, like, I, because I wasn't here, it's hard to fully remember the, the breadth of that idea and, and narrative and ethos kind of a year ago. But I think, I mean, yeah, you look at this roster and, and I mean, it's it's aged for sure. I mean, you're talking about guys like Adam Thielen and Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks who have been, Dalvin Cook, not that he's younger, but but guys who have been in this with this franchise for a long time. And guys who have accomplished so much, but guys we saw last season may not be fit for the direction of, of wanting to kind of move forward. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that conversation about maybe this is the time to really revamp and, and put yourself in a situation where a year, two years, three years down the road, you have a lot of cap money to, to spend and, and, an, and a possibility to maybe draft a quarterback up high for a franchise that hasn't done it in a while or done it successfully. Um, it's intriguing. And it's, I mean, how could you not look at certain organizations and how they've managed things and think, man, that, that could be the premium option for us to win at the level of a, and I hate using Kansas city as a comparison because they have a quarterback who doesn't really have much comparison, but, but when you think about what they've done, um, and what they're able, they're capable of doing in years to come. I mean, it's it's a it's an exciting and, and intriguing option and avenue, I think for sure. So I did a look for an article today at the Vikings' offense last year, and I think that that better than the defense explains that they're not that close because in terms of expected points added, they were more than a hundred points away from the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And even the most outlier Super Bowl team in recent memory, which was actually Cincinnati, uh, a fourth seed that was not a number one offense, they were even vastly better by expected points added than the Vikings were last year. So the thing that even you think is like, oh yeah, well, if we just have a defense or if we just do this, 
it really isn't. And, and the, the thing that's so funny is how consistent they've been on offense, no matter what they tried. So like Gary Kubiak is here. Kevin Stefanski is here. And both of those years, they were ninth in EPA this year. They were ninth in EPA, but that sounds close, but it's actually not like the distance between nine and one versus nine and 17, like nine and 17 are almost the same nine and one. It's an ocean. So you're actually an ocean away from what Philadelphia did offensively this year or from what Kansas City did offensively. And that's what's going to drive your success. And, and so they could say, oh, we were a top 10 offense. And that sounds wonderful. But there's like 32 teams and being in the top 10 just barely doesn't really get you that close to what Super Bowl teams, uh, the threshold that they need to meet. And it's almost like they've never... They've never thought of it through those terms or never wanted to think of it through those terms. It's always, well, our offense is good enough and maybe we just need to sign Michael Pierce or maybe we just need to add Zadarius Smith or we just need to hire Brian Flores or something. And I think that like what you asked, like how was it last year? Oh yeah, just like this. Um, But only after they extended Kirk, then it felt like this. Uh, Last year, there was so many possibilities and I want to play a little imagination land with you and we'll get into more things on your list. But the um, imagination land scenario is what would we be saying right now had Ryan Poles been hired as the general manager and did a lot of the things that we're talking about doing right now? Because I think there's a very real possibility that like Baker Mayfield would have been the quarterback and they would have won six games. Detroit would be NFC North champions. And we'd be talking about how Anthony Richardson's going to be the quarterback of the Vikings in the future. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if that was the circumstance right now, you and I would be going back and forth on your favorite topic, which is, is Bryce Young twitchy enough in the pocket? Can he be the guy, CJ Stroud? Can he can, can he extend plays the way he did in the college football play? Like, I think that would be the conversation that obviously I think a lot of these teams at the top of the draft are going to be having. But it, it's, it is fascinating to think about um, – just that route. I mean, I, I think about it often when I'm talking about this subject or writing about it. It's like there are these forks in the road with so many of these decisions that 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 affect how everything else can look, and especially a quarterback. Obviously, I mean, it's, it starts there. And and you talked just now a little bit about the offense and and where they're at. And I think um, I don't know. I've I've tried to break it apart in a lot of ways. How much of it is the interior of the offensive line, how much of it is not having another receiver option or how much of it is, is just, this is what Kirk Cousins kind of, this is the offense that you're going to have with them, which is, which is a good offense, but it's not, maybe the, it hasn't been at least in the past, the most elite of, of, of levels of offense. And it's tough. I'm sure from a team building perspective, right? you, you have this, commodity you know what you're gonna get Kirk has been unbelievably healthy and you got to give him credit for that and what he put puts his body through every single week and he's been reliable and he's been consistent so you have this thing so to to kind of rip the band-aid off for this uncertainty it's a that's a difficult um difficult idea it's like anything in life when you have something but you think you there's a chance you could get something better uh, it's hard to make that decision when you already have something. So I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but but the Ryan Poles situation and and thinking about what it would look like if he were in charge, it's it's a really interesting path to go down. Right, because 
I think that last year they would not have drafted a quarterback based on the quarterbacks that were there. And uh, even though the draft prognostication world thought there were four quarterbacks going in the first round, there was only one. Uh, But, uh, you know, honestly, I would still say that if Kenny Pickett turns out to be a great quarterback, it's not crazy to go back and be like, I don't know, man, there was, you know, there was a chance for you. He was there. Uh, but maybe that's, maybe that's too harsh for people. But I mean, even on draft night, I thought like, well, you still passed on a quarterback again. And I, I don't think that Mac Jones is unbelievable, but I think Mac Jones here with Kevin O'Connell and Justin Jefferson probably is a pretty good situation and another 30 or $40 million to spend in the salary cap. Um, you know, it's just like you can do this a lot and then it becomes almost obnoxious. Uh, and, and, and nobody toes that line more than me for how annoying that can be because they also got a franchise left tackle out of not drafting Mac Jones and that's going to help whoever the next quarterback is. But everything in this conversation just revolves around that. It's like yeah. it, it, you are really stuck in position unless you make a change there And I agree with you that it is not the easiest thing. It's easy for us to just be like, well, just move on from this guy. But, you know, if you're the ownership and he's making the Pro Bowl and he's, uh, you know, putting up good numbers and he's getting comeback wins and all these other things that like, I don't I don't know if they fully understand. I don't want to speak for them, but like kind of the nuance of why this doesn't work. Uh, and I don't know that anyone wants to explain that to them or, or, or if they don't want to hear it or like what, like what would be the holdup. But the, the one thing I think that Vikings fans should be concerned about is that the 13 wins and the eight comebacks are going to be what convinces them to give this another shot for next year and not make the move that it seems like everybody knows that they have to make. And, and, and in that imagination land scenario, it's like the one I never thought of last year was they're so good that they want to keep him, but they still don't win anything. Like that was, that was one scenario. I don't know if we ever really talked about, but that's, that's exactly what ended up happening. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned it, you like, you don't know what the holdup is. I mean, I, I have to imagine, and, and, and this is just me, my experience of one year, but you think about that 18 game regular season and the memories that were created through that and the environments that this team and this franchise was in. And, and yes, I mean, we could talk about the Cowboys game. We could talk about the Eagles game on Monday night. And, and there, were some, there were some goose eggs for sure. But there were also, I mean, there was such a, I mean, you saw it on Ziggy Will's face after the Buffalo game. I'll never forget. He walks out of the locker room and, and, and how much joy was on his face, rightfully. He's the owner of a team that arguably, had, had, I mean, it was the greatest game played this season, and 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 the Vikings won. Um, but like in the grand scheme, obviously that the, when you when you don't win in the playoffs, um, for as fun as that stretch is, uh, it, it's easy to. I mean, it, it it it's it's very fair, I think, from this side to be like, well, look, is this in a long term idea scenario? Is is running it back with Kirk Cousins and 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 with the cap number that he obviously has and he's earned, um, is it really worth it? So I think, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's so interesting. And it, I mean, I think us talking about it for eight minutes, it, it proves again, what I've learned very quickly is that, um, 
and what I, what's pretty obvious, but it's the quarterback and the situation surrounding, it, especially in this market with what this team has done and, and and how they've navigated things. It's it's pivotal and it matters. And over the next three weeks, probably to a month, we're going to be talking about it a lot more because the Vikings do have decisions to make that that do have ramifications. Right, and we'll get through some, I promise. Uh, but I also wanted to say, I want to throw this at you. And there's, this is not a leading question. This is a real question. Would you trade every fun game from 2022 for Anthony Richardson? Would I? Uh, I don't know. I had, I had a lot of fun covering the team. But yes, I mean, if you're if you're the person doing the team building and you think Anthony Richardson is a guy that paired with Kevin O'Connell c- can lead you to, to the places that you have not been, then, you, yeah, I think you do that. I mean, that's what I wrote at the bottom of that story. It was like, if there is a quarterback that Kevin O'Connell is about and this scouting staff is about and, and they can somehow find that person at 23 in the first round or even earlier if they could maneuver things, then, then you just do it because that, yes, I mean, it matters. You, you trade a lot to, to, I mean, it's it's the ultimate investment. So, yeah, I guess that's my long-winded answer, sure. I mean, I would do it in a second. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> the same same thing is, is you. Like, we had a lot of fun this season. I mean, think about, like, me going back to my hometown yeah. in Buffalo and, you know, that happening there and how crazy that was and everything else, like, those were those were great, and we had a lot of fun covering those games. And I'm sure that every Viking player would stuff me in a locker for saying that. Like, what do you mean? Like, give back all those games? But I, I also think that there's a lot of Vikings fans who are like, yeah, no, sure, that's right, uh, because that would have been an actual step toward chasing a Super Bowl as opposed to chasing a fun season where you get beat by the New York Giants in the first round, like. Uh, that and and here's a, another point too that that I think about the quarterback discussion is you mentioned like well if they like a guy in my mind it should it shouldn't matter if you like him or not because the odds aren't any different if you like him or don't and that's just been proven throughout history like well you know if Chicago likes that Mitch Trubisky they should take him or you know right I mean there's like been lots of even with Jalen Hurts there's like some rumors of hey, you know, like, will they just like set up their team so they can move on from Hertz after this season? And now he's like a premier quarterback in the league. I mean, go back and even look at quarterback rankings going into the season. I guarantee you'll find Jalen Hurts at 20th, 23rd, whatever, because we really just don't know with quarterbacks who's going to work out and who isn't. It's just, it's all about just an odds play to take your big swing at having that quarterback on the rookie contract. So anyway, uh, listeners are familiar with this concept just a little bit, yeah. um, but do you, what do you think they do with cousins? I just did a podcast last night about all five options that I could come up with, with possibilities of what they do. Uh, what do you think they will do? Yeah, I think, Extending him one more season, similar to last year, I, I think it just continues to buy time. You could argue, I mean, as you as you laid out, obviously, I mean, you, we could go long term, and you could argue just writing it out. But I, I think they will extend one more season the way they did last season. It helps this upcoming cap, which you can allocate certain resources once you get above it to defenders. Which, if this sounds like previous history, that's because it is. But I think it just buys you another year with a guy. In, in, the, in the second year of a system that you think could take a step forward. Um, and then I 
think it allows you more time to try to find that replacement, whether it's in this year's draft, whether it's thinking forward to next year. But I, I think, I don't know, I think two years of Kirk Cousins in this Kevin O'Connell system and, and with this regime, and you have a pretty, I, I think you can be pretty confirmed in your idea of like, okay, I mean, you can be confirmed now with what you've seen in years past. I, I think many Vikings fans will rightfully feel that way. But I think from a from a decision-making perspective, after two years of seeing what what they see, I think they'll they'll feel pretty, pretty comfortable in terms of moving forward. So I I say extend another season is is probably what I what I would imagine they will do. But um, we'll see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, but let's play this game right here. Uh, you you be uh, the Vikings and I'll be Kirk. So you try to sell me on a one-year contract extension. Go ahead. Matthew, we love no, having no, you I'm here. Kirk. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, Kirk. How you doing? <laughs> um, Kirk, we would like to extend you one more season. Uh, we, we really think you could you, you just continue to elevate your game um, in this offense alongside Justin Jefferson and, and the system we have in place. What do you, how do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, I feel like I saw Russell Wilson who has similar statistics to me uh, get a four-year contract with like $120 million guaranteed. And also last time I checked Russell Wilson, um, you know, it's not that good now and I am good now. So there's lots of teams that would like me on a long-term contract extension, say like four years, and uh, that'll help your cap, won't it? And uh, then I can be in the ring of honor eventually, right? Why don't we do that? Yeah, but I mean, Kirk, you, you really like the Vikings. You want to play here, and, and we're just trying to do the best thing for you and, and us. So, um, I don't know. One more season seems right to start, and then, look, we expect you to take another step. We, we expect... Um, so I, I think we'll just revisit it and, and, uh, just like we've done working with you very closely. It okay, should work, right? What, what step am I supposed to take? I just won 13 games. We had a top 10 offense and oh, by the way, last I checked, I wasn't Ed Donatel. So are you punishing me for Ed Donatel? Like to other quarterbacks who have won 13 games, and, and had it look all the comebacks that I had. Was that not me doing it? Bailing out your garbage defense? Was that not me out there throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson? So I think that, you know, what you're proposing here isn't fair compared to the other top quarterbacks who win 13 games, make the Pro Bowl multiple times. I got, why aren't you guys buying into me like other teams buy into their superstar quarterbacks like me? Yeah, but. Kirk, you yourself even said throughout the course of that season how, how you didn't feel your best at times and you felt like you were still learning the scheme. And so I think you even would agree that there were times there was a long stretch of games where you didn't play your best. And, and, and you knew that, yes, at the end of games you elevated yourself, but you also have to understand, and you know your body knows better than we, 
how much you got hit and how much of a toll you took. So to go that far down the road with it just seems kind of a uh, we're, we're we're trying to be smart with you and with us, Kurt. So if you're going to throw my words back at me, it sounds like you just don't really want to buy into me then. I mean, if you're going to say that I wasn't that great when I was leading all those comebacks and getting all those wins, uh, then I guess it just sounds like uh, that I shouldn't sign this one-year contract with you because you aren't buying into me as a quarterback if you're going to say things like that. Wow. We have reached a, we have reached an impasse, Kirk. We have reached an impasse. There it is. That's my point. That that's the point of the game. Isn't this isn't this a real possibility? Like it I mean, if I'm if I'm playing the role of Kirk Cousins, how do I not look around and be like every other quarterback like me is going to make 50 million when Derek I mean, he's going to wait till Derek Carr signs, right? Because if Derek Carr and, and here's here's the trouble is they want to make that cap space within the next 2 weeks so they can spend it in free agency. But Derek Carr is probably going to wait to sign and he's going to visit every team. He's going to go see the Statue of Liberty in New York and Ooh. the ocean in Carolina. And he's going to like take the tour ocean. like any of us would. I mean, if the, if the athletics said you can get hired in eight different cities, you take your time. But if you're Kirk, don't you want to wait to see what Derek Carr gets before you sign any extension here? First, you said ocean in Carolina. I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, I don't, usually I think of Florida. I don't, I don't know. I think you. I, I, I mean, there's like beaches, right? Yeah, in- I, don't, I don't know about that, but I, I, I understand. I mean, I'm glad. It, it's okay. Um, no, I think it's a great point that you bring up. I mean, Kirk, and, and, and let's be very clear. Kirk and his camp have maximized his value as well as, I mean, you could argue really anybody else. So in terms of this conversation, that's another element to it. It's like they're going to do what's best for him. And I think ultimately um, it's 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 going to be really on how much he wants to be here. I, I mean, I really think that – and he's spoken in the past about that that he does want to retire here. And I think it's it's going to be on the Viking. How much do they really believe um, in him long term, I mean, Quasiodofo Mensa in his postseason presser did say, like, we expect him to be the quarterback in 23. Now, again, if negotiations go a certain way, you never know how that can turn out. And I do think it it does make sense for him to wait. I mean, I and, and it, it could be, as you mentioned, David Carr, Derek's brother, said recently, I think the other night, it was like he's going to take his time and make sure he's, he's making the right decision. So, yeah, I mean, with what Kirk's done, he has he has the cachet to be able to to look for something big. And I, his, like I said at the top, I think his camp has proven over time that they're going to do that. That's just how that's that's the way they've operated for Kirk. All right, so let's uh, let's play another game. All right, uh, so I'm I'm Mark Wilf, and uh, I'm calling you up. Uh, and, or, uh, wait, I don't know who's who in this thing, but you'll figure it out. So it's like, oh, wait, uh, on the other end of the phone, um, they're telling me, oh, this is Kirk's agent on the other end of the phone. He's telling me that Kirk is not signing any extension this offseason. He's going to bet on himself. So he's going to bet that next year he has a great year and that he hits free agency again. He cannot be franchise tagged. This is important. He cannot be franchise tagged because he's already been tagged a couple times. And if you're watching on YouTube, I have the phone up to my ear. So, okay, what? No, he's not signing that extension. All right, well, let me make a phone call myself. Boop, boop, boop to you, Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Uh, Quasi, he says he's not going to sign the extension. Now what? It's a great question. Um, 
obviously you have a couple of options. I mean, you think, <laughs> I don't know. Do we, do we roll with this or, or do, do we think about a trade? Obviously there would be teams that would seek his services without question. Look at the interest that Derek Carr has. Uh, Aaron Rodgers conversation is another one that r- brings to mind that Kirk's interest would, would exist. I mean, and I think the other thing is thinking about just writing it out. Um, and 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 seeing where it goes, I think I, 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 I the, the former I think would set up a situation where you you definitely think about. And we talked about competitive rebuild. The rebuild portion, if you were to trade Kirk, I mean, you could really start to, I think, like expedite that process by by doing something like that. Um, so it, it, and then writing it out, I mean kind of one go around and see what happens um, would make sense as well. And there, there are multiple options here that, that again, as I mentioned the fork in the road earlier, have specific ramifications. I'm curious how you would, I don't know, what, what would you see in terms of if that were the case, how would you think it could play out? Uh, the, yeah, there's a difference between like what I would do in that case, which I think everyone already knows. We know. Um, because I just said I'd trade all your favorite wins for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that was <laughs> but, cruel. That was cruel. I know. I know. Uh, I'm not taking it back, though. But, um, I, you know, that is a really hard one. I think they would actually let him play it out. I don't think that they want next season, after winning 13, to not be good. Now, what I would make the case to them is, what you have to understand is that when Kirk Cousins throws the ball toward Justin Jefferson – his quarterback rating basically is like Patrick Mahomes or better when he throws toward Justin Jefferson. Is he the only human on earth that can throw toward Justin Jefferson? Like you don't have to be garbage if you trade Kirk Cousins. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, I think is going to have trouble getting huge offers because his injury history has just been such a problem. There are other quarterbacks who can fill the void while you draft a quarterback and develop them who I guarantee you, and I've seen this play out right in front of me in 2017, Case Keenum had two of the best receivers in the league at their total peak. And they actually pass blocked this year. If people go back and or that year, uh, they didn't really this year, but that year they did. That was the last time they tried pass blocking, but like Case Keenum put together a better EPA passing season in 2017 by the rank than Kirk Cousins ever has here. I mean, and he's a backup quarterback, a career backup quarterback. Like that's the impact of somebody like Justin Jefferson on a quarterback. So there's like this fear that nobody else could do it. But I mean, could Jacoby Brissett have you in the conversation for making the playoffs or winning the division if a couple of things go right? Like probably no one else has this player. Like the the closest thing is Devontae Adams. The closest thing is Stephon Diggs. And there's a couple other guys who get in this discussion. No one is this guy. Like he makes everything easier and better. And I just think that like, if you had to trade him away and add somebody else to be your quarterback, that's okay. You're probably going to get the same or, or just as good results, maybe even a little less, but you improve on defense. You're still very competitive. And then it opens the door for you to do whatever you want at quarterback in the future. So I think that in a way, if they did it, gosh, it's, it's almost like if you don't want someone to take the job, if they only offer him a one-year extension, if you don't want someone to take the job, you're like, yeah, it only pays like 18K. You want it? Like, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, like you, want, you want them to say no, 
right? I think that if they only offer him a one-year deal, you're doing it wanting him to say no. No, that I mean, it's an it's it is a very interesting situation. I think it, and I think you're right to bring up the idea that he and his camp would want a a multi-year extension that has, comes with a lot of guaranteed money. Because I mean, with what he has done, and looking around the league with what other guys have earned and 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 been paid and what they have done, I mean, it matches up. So I. I yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of it is going to come down to, I mean, I, I don't know. How, how strongly does Kevin O'Connell feel that Kirk Cousins can take a step in this system? I mean, it's going to be second, his second year in, a, in an offensive system for the first time, I believe, in a, in a, in a while. May, I, I can't I – you probably know the exact point at which he, he has been in a, a system for two years in a row. But I think if Kevin O'Connell believes – that Kirk really can take a step and continue to elevate. If Kevin does believe that, which we, uh, it, I mean, it's hard to really know. Then I think you could see a multi-year extension um, to really secure things and help the cat for 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 now. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's it's it, the conversation is worthwhile because it raises the idea of like, look, you kind of have to decide. I mean, I think in some ways you kind of have to decide like. And maybe you could have said this last year, but it's like, is he going to be the guy for, for three years or is he going to be the guy for maybe this year? And then, and then we reset. I mean, I think, I think to live in this intermediate kind of area of like one, I mean, it really puts you in a, in an interesting spot and it it requires, I think a lot of trust from both sides, which it seems like they have, but it's, it's challenging and they've done it. Obviously, they did it this past season and won 13 games, and and um, they deserve credit for that for sure. Winning the NFC North, um, but it's it's a uh, it's a it's a fun one. It's a fun exploration. But I, I think you nailed it when you said it comes down to probably Kevin O'Connell. Like you're the guy who's going to be in in the quarterback's headset. Do you want to develop your own quarterback while you got your chance as the head coach, or do you want this guy to be your guy yeah. that you ride or die with? Because uh, two other coaches have had this guy as their quarterback for a few years. And both of them ended up on the unemployment line at the end of the day and, and Jay Gruden and Mike Zimmer. So, you know, these things have to be considered by Kevin O'Connell, um, especially when, you know, your offense as it was with Kubiak, as it was with everybody else was just okay. And, and I think it's a real, it's a real foolish way of thinking to be like, oh, well, next year, that was the, this is going back a little bit, but a, sure. a thing that I kind of went crazy about and um, the internet really enjoyed and it went semi-viral was uh, when Kirk Cousins said like next year, this was in 2018, next year we'll have code words for all of our routes and it'll be better on offense. And I was just like, you were supposed to compete for the Super Bowl this year and you missed the playoffs. And now you're telling me the difference is code words. <laughs> and like, it sounds like the same thing where it's like, well, next year they'll have more of the system. Like, yeah, I don't know. And maybe Ed Ingram turns into Steve Hutchinson, but like, let's be real here. Um, so anyway, I, I did want to talk about a couple of other things though. Uh, number one was Delvin Cook on this here program. Yeah, uh, it's It's been a, um, just not even a conversation. And maybe in other places it is about Delvin Cook and whether they should keep him or not. For me, this is one of the easiest choices that they have to make. Uh, they don't run the football very much. They had, I think they were 27th in rushing attempts. 
and he's not that good at it anymore because that's the life of running backs. Um, do you disagree with any of that, that it's, that it should be a pretty open and shut case to just move on? I, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I'll, I'll push back a little bit. And I think in my, in my 10 plan, 10 step plan, I think I believe I, I think I did say that you cut Dalvin, but I, I, I mean, I think some of, um, the running game rhetoric in, in, in some ways can be false in the sense that I think. Dalvin's success this year, or lack thereof, was mostly a byproduct of the offensive line. Now, again, this ties directly to, I think, your point of of the value of the running back, so we'll get there. But I do think Dalvin specifically, I think, had the most, averaged the most yards after contact of any season in his career other than one other one. So I think from like a Dalvin Cook production standpoint and what he's capable of, I still think he, he's a he's an elite guy at the position. I think the reality is, with running the football, the offensive line is so essential to doing that. Um, that that I mean, Dalvin can only show so much. I also I also do think, though Kevin O'Connell did not run the football a ton, I do think running effectively and efficiently is really key to his system thriving. Like I I think it's so easy to get caught up in in this area of the passing game within the NFL, but I think. Some of the teams that were best offensively did run the ball efficiently. And so I think they're going to have to do – they're going to want to do that. I think they're going to want to improve their running game, whether it's different schemes or what have you. Um, and so to do that with a, with a rookie running back, I think it's kind of tough. That said, as, as I mentioned earlier, like and, – and maybe comparing it to Isaiah Pacheco is, is just faulty because he was a seventh-round pick and kind of seems like a uh, – I mean, it's somewhat of a rarity to find that level of guy at that point in the draft. But I just think – I think I side with you on, on the decision ultimately because I just think the value that you can create from a running back on a, a that you can find in the draft or, or for very little amount of capital in free agency, it's just, it, it just outweighs what you would pay Dalvin Cook in the cap number. But I, I do think – I just – I felt just reviewing things and um, thinking about Kevin O'Connell's offense as a whole, that, that running the ball efficiently, if this offense is going to elevate itself, it must happen um, next year and in the years to come. And so I, I just don't think we can lose sight of that just because it's become such a passing league. So what's really interesting about that, and I was just poking around this uh, yesterday, is that even if you go back about five to seven years, uh, running games were really inefficient overall in the NFL. Just like flat out, most teams lost expected points added because of the run. There are more teams now that gained EPA because of the run than ever before. And a lot of teams were gaining a lot of points, which to me says that they have created, a lot of teams have created a counterpunch where it's like, oh, we're going to play Fangio. We're going to have two deep safeties and everything else. And teams have said, all right, well, we're going to run effectively then. And they've actually done it in an efficient manner. So running the ball is no longer just a flat out inefficient play as it was for most teams just a couple of years ago. And the Eagles, and of course, Jalen Hurts is a huge part right. of this. But by EPA, they were over 100 points better than the Minnesota Vikings by EPA on the ground alone, which really says something. And even the Chiefs were, I think, in the top five or seven in rushing EPA. So they were getting a lot out of their running game where the Vikings were 27 and they were in the negative side of the running game. 
Now where the Delvin Cook part comes in, uh, PFF graded their run blocking pretty well. So I think that the reason that Delvin Cook had more yards after contact was because people were hitting him faster than they've ever hit him before. And I know that like this was your first year covering Delvin Cook, but to my eye, it was not even close to what he was at his best. And I think a few big runs made the yards per carry look pretty good, but it's just like, this is what happens to every running back. When you sign up in peewee to play that position, you better not plan to play until you're 30. Uh, because it's just not going to happen. But not only that, like, it's just not worth it though. Like, can you create a running game around uh, uh, several guys like Philadelphia or like Kansas city did? Can you sign one veteran and then try Ty Chandler and, and, and get an improvement? The crazy thing to think about is like, by the time a running back is a big name, he's probably already not as good as a lot of the running backs coming into the league. It's just, it's just the weird reality. And, and here's the one other thing too. And um, you know about this just because uh, Chad Graff ruffled feathers by writing about Delvin Cook in the passing game last year, but it's not a thing. It was never a thing. It has never been a thing. He is not a good pass blocker by any of the numbers. He is not a good receiver. And if you're going to have a Christian McCaffrey where it's somebody who's going to be expensive, they better do a lot more than he does. He is an old school running back. Um, basically like the lighter, a little bit lighter version of Adrian Peterson by all of the numbers. You could tell me he passed blocks better, but the numbers do not match up with that uh, by the people who grade them. So not only is it problematic that he lost the juice, but it's also problematic that there's like nothing more there aside from just being a pure runner. I think he did make a hell of a catch in Washington, if I'm not. Was that against the Commanders? Was that in the back left of the end zone? I'm not using that to... Say no, he did. That was a great play. He's Christian. It was a great. It was a great play. And and um, I mean, I do think in some ways, like having a running back who could pass block effectively was pretty critical because of the issues internally on the offensive line. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm in agreement overall that I just I feel as if um, utilize. I mean, it's why you draft a guy like Ty Chandler, and I think. Um, with what they're spending at other positions and what they might have to spend moving forward from an extension perspective with guys like Justin Jefferson and TJ Hodgson, you need more availability. And I think the running back provides that. I mean, I know um, Vikings fans have seen Dalvin Cook do a lot of great things here uh, in terms of on the field and, and what he's accomplished, but it's, it's uh yeah, I, th- I mean, I think just this position with where we're at in the league, it's, it's, it's just how it's, Trended. I also think this draft is another one where it seems pretty pretty chock full of running backs. I mean, think about a guy, Tajay Spears at Tulane, Zach Charbonnet at UCLA. I mean, there's a lot of guys who I think you could find in the fourth, fifth, maybe even later than that, who would just be worthwhile flyers to add to the mix. And obviously you're paying them on rookie deals. So I think as, as the Vikings make decisions on that grouping of players, Dalvin, Thielen, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, et cetera. I, I think Dalvin, just given his age and, and with where they're at, I, I just think it makes sense to release him and, and, uh, and utilize some of that cap elsewhere. Um, so there's a, a, a number of other things that you wrote about that people can look for, <laughs> but I did want to ask about one that was controversial. And initially when I read your article, this was the first thing that I wanted to ask you about. But then once you once you go down that quarterback path, like that's your whole yeah, show. Yeah. Um, because it's just so interesting. 
but trading Zadarius Smith. Now the trade part is hard because teams in the NFL are like, you might cut him. I'm not trading anything to you for him. Uh, but that one, I could see why fans would be unhappy about. But then also when you look at the second half of his season, the injury history, the fact that he admitted to struggling through an injury last year, 17 game season, it's just, you're asking him to play longer than you would have before. And a, a playoff game of wear and tear. I, I think that um, it makes a lot of sense. The question I would have is like, is Brian Flores going to take, or look at a guy who's been so successful in a three, four type of system like Zadarius Smith and say like, yeah, it's okay. I'll just find somebody else. Like, I, I think that your idea is totally fine. Um, just because everything's about projection in the future and not what happened last year, but I could see some hesitation there when it comes to moving on from Zadarius Smith. I thought this was your hottest take. No, I appreciate it. Uh, I was trying to get a little spicy at some point, but no, I, you know, I think you could have made a pretty simple argument that like, Zadarius fits what Brian Flores is going to want to do maybe better than Daniil Hunter by far. I mean, in terms of his versatility and, and, and movability on the, on the front. And so I, I, I get the, I get the arguments for it. Um, I just think, you know, the way the season ended with Zadarius, we can talk from a production standpoint in the final nine weeks of the season, that he had a half sack. Whereas the first nine weeks, I think he had nine and a half sacks. So it trailed off crazily and yes there was the knee injury that that seems to continue to kind of pop up uh but then he, he didn't play in Chicago there was a personal matter I don't believe he was going to play that game anyway and he was there I remember seeing him in the locker room and after but it was just I don't know thing it was just kind of interesting the way the end of the season played out um and then I just feel like I mean you could save 13 million dollars by moving him um, I'm moving on from him. And that's just a lot of money for a team that is currently in the red. And so that's why I made that decision. But again, I see the arguments around it. First, you have a defensive coordinator who, who could really benefit from a guy who's played in this type of 3-4, not this type of, but a 3-4 defense, if we want to use those broad terms, even though they played nickel, blah, blah, blah. We can go down that path. But, but it, I mean, also um, – who do you have behind Zedarius Smith on this roster? You have Patrick Jones a second and DJ Wanham. How much confidence can you really have that either of those guys could produce? Uh, I don't think you'd have very much confidence. And so I think moving on from – and I've said this, but I think with Brian Flores and how much he, he in the past has schemed pressure, what I mean by that is is infusing stunts and twists and stuff on the, on the, lot, on the front. Um, I think maybe you could make up for some of that with maybe a, 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 a lesser signing, but also what Brian Flores' scheme might be capable of. And so that would you, – you think about it, think about saving $13 million, potentially add a draft pick. I, I, I just – to me, it was like, why not throw this in there? But as to that same point, Daniil Hunter's situation is on the final year of his contract. I imagine, given his injury history, he's going to want security. And, and so an extension – could be a conversation there with the Vikings, or if not, I mean, he, he could maybe want to be moved for a team that would provide him an extension. So, I mean, we've talked for 45 minutes. I don't even feel like we've scratched the surface of all that they're going to have to sift through, which is crazy, and which is why I guess I'll be quite busy, and you will as well, over the next three weeks or so. 
the funny thing is though that you put for number one on your list and i know it wasn't like a countdown but like restructure brian o'neill like the easiest thing they have to do and then it, it was like you were warming everybody up like all right yeah. okay we're gonna talk about this folks prepare yourself and then it was like number two is uh the short-term extension for cousins like who did this order uh blame the editors at the athletic no it's funny because i was thinking about it too like i could have done it in tears of like clear the cap then make all these decisions but it, i didn't I, I i probably should have thought heavily like Alec, do you want people to stop reading at one or, but I figure when you bold, when you bold something like, and you have a list, people aren't, are they really reading all the fine print or they're just scrolling through what's two, what's three, what's four, what's five. So I, it, it's uh no. Yeah. I, I really tried to come out of the gates hot with the Brian O'Neill restructure. Um, that that's Nailed it. about as sexy as you could find. I mean, the, the hype, just a hype artist, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, um, what, uh, what'd you do to prepare for this, uh, snowstorm? Are you, how are you adjusted? Because I came from Buffalo to here. It's different, but it's fine. It's I've lived in an icy hellscape my whole life. Uh, you're originally from Alabama though. So a little, little bit different there. Uh, you doing okay? A lot of bit different. A lot of it different. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm doing pretty good. I, I, I said this to you before we came on. Last weekend, this past weekend, slash the end of last week, I mean, it was pretty beautiful in my eyes in this place. Like 37, sun outside. I mean, I was walking around. I, I really enjoyed it. Now, we're not going to see that over the next three days. I'm not a meteorologist, but I can forecast fairly effectively. I went to the grocery, got some food for the next three days, and I'm hunkered down and I'll, I'll be okay. I've, I've gotten somewhat used to it. Like when I see, when I check my phone and I see 32 degrees, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like, all right, I can do that. I might not have to put on my fur jacket. So it's, uh, yeah, I've gotten used to it. It's been, it's been, it's been fun. Your Joe Namath jacket. Is that, that's what you have? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I think that even this, uh, one of the, the troubles is uh, fatigue. Uh, so what usually happens to me is we go to the combine and Indianapolis is a different climate than Minnesota. And it's like, not bad. In fact, last year was in the seventies in Indianapolis. Whoa. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, and sometimes it's a little rainy or in the fifties or whatever, but then you come back and you're like, Oh man, like there's like another month and a half of this plus, and it's going to be 14, you know? So there's the fatigue sets in. I I'm able to handle this now, but after the combine, it's usually tough. So anyway, uh, make sure, let me get the exact headline. Correct. Brian O'Neill's <laughs> extension is the most exciting thing of the offseason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it is the yep. 10 step plan to set up the franchise for the future for the Vikings off season. So make sure you go check that out. I have the athletic app. Uh, so just to, to help we, you a little bit there, we appreciate it. the app is humble. I mean, the app, I, I will say, and I'm not, I mean, I, I, even before I got hired by the athletic, it was like, man, they got a really good, this is a cool little app. So no, it's been, it's been good. We'll have we'll pumping out stuff, mock drafts, your favorite time of year. Um, so no, it, it should be fun. The combine should be fun. And then we'll get pretty busy. I think mid March. The question is, do you draft sim? That's that. See, mock drafting is fine. <laughs> Next level is the draft simulation, which we will get into. But I always hold off. My first, my first draft sim does not come until the combine because we really just don't know anything about those guys. And plus, the draft isn't for like another 
two months. So anyway, uh, Alec, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Stay warm. You'll be okay. Just uh, huddle in the corner and watch <laughs> NFL Network or something. And uh, and we'll see you at the Combine, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it.